Hold on. Earl held up his hands. You're saying a woman named Magda rescued you from the streets? What happened to the arena? Yeah, Patch agreed. I thought you said before Three Grin was raising you for it. Dagan nodded impatiently. He was. So what happened to all that training? Earl asked. To all your pain tolerance and such? The year with Alicia softened me, Dagan answered. My body had grown to withstand harsh conditions, but the moment the stimulus was taken away, the ability withered. When I reached Hallengard, I was just a regular boy. That ain't very good training if it be lost so easily, Earl muttered. Three Grin did not mean for the training to last. He meant it to be thorough. He meant it so that his slave children would not die of shock the first time one of their limbs was severed in the arena. He did it to give us an advantage of seconds, no more. In the arena, the last to die wins. Two combatants enter, neither leaves. You escaped the cart, Patch said. The man who gave you the mark saved you. Doesn't that mean you weren't bound for the arena any more? Dagan shook his head. The world is not so simple, Patch, he answered. Fate had been watching me from the moment I was born, and fate decreed that my path would lead to the arena. A week later, Magda introduced me to Thor. Thor was a boy two years younger than I was. But whereas I spent my childhood in a dungeon, Thor spent his on the streets. He was a veteran of the twisting alleys and rooftops of Hallengard. Thor taught me a lot. He taught me to beg. He taught me to look after myself. He taught me to steal. My first venture into the world of thievery was not an auspicious one. It earned me a whipping and a stained right thumb. That was the mark of a would-be thief in Hallengard. An unwritten code existed between the merchants and the urchins that every child would try his hand at thievery at one point or another. The merchants tolerated the first attempt, so long as you did not try again. The paint on my thumb was meant to be permanent, to signal to others that I had gotten my one free pass. The next time I was caught, I would lose a finger. Magda laughed when she saw. She dressed the wounds on my back and dipped my thumb into a harsh solution that made it blister and burn. The skin peeled away a day later, but when it healed, there was no trace of the stain. My second attempt was better. I feigned illness in the middle of a busy street. When the guard came to pick me up and carry me out of sight, I deftly cut the coin purse hanging from his waist. I shared the money with Magda and Thor. It did not take me long to surpass Thor in skill. I was motivated. I was fast. I had a mind ready to absorb anything thrown at it. Magda stopped just short of offering me her home. Nevertheless, she had become someone I could rely on in times of need. While she did not give me food, she did show me all the places I could scavenge for scraps. She knew physics, and thus could heal. I relied on her for that. The first time I came to her with a fever and chills, after biting into a fresh loaf of bread passed out by the church, she scolded me for being a fool and refused to treat me. She told me there were no free handouts in life. The ministers had spiked the bread with cyanide as a method of population control. I spent all night shivering in a cold sweat. Sharp pains shot through my stomach. It was the longest night of my life. Not a single minute went by where I did not think I would die. In the morning, Magda came outside and gave me a white, chalky drink that I gulped down in earnest. I spewed everything up moments after, including the poison that was killing me from within. From that moment on, I ate only what I could buy with the little money I scraped together. Most of my days were spent on street corners begging for iron pennies. I learned the places where people felt most generous and the places where they were most stingy. 
Most of my nights were spent cutting the purses of drunkards. I learned that though it was easier to steal from a drunk, nine times out of ten the amount of coin in their purse was hardly more than what I could earn in a day of begging. As the months slowly passed, I grew more and more confident. I ventured past the familiar streets around Magda's hut, and discovered that all the places of Hallengard were mostly the same, at least from the perspective of someone like me. The first time I ventured into a gambling district, however, I thought I had found a new home. No sooner had I sat down with my tin kettle placed in front of me, with some fake coins glued to the bottom to encourage donations, than a man burst out of a pub with two women on his arms. He was laughing and drinking from a mug held in one hand. One of the women noticed me. She whispered a word to the man. He staggered over, reached into a purse, and dumped a handful of coins into my kettle. He ruffled my hair as I stared, amazed at my newfound fortune. "'There you go, you little hapless bastard!'